welcome back to the What The Fuck podcast in association with Fibre Goalkeeping. Today's guest is someone I can't wait to speak to. She's a Scotland international, former captain of the Scotland under-19 side and current Hibernian defender. Welcome to the show, Amy Muir. How are you? Are you, do- are you well? Hi, I'm, yeah, I'm good, thanks. Glad to be on. I couldn't decide if I wanted to say, how are you doing? Like, are you well? And I kind of got mixed up then and said, how, how I don't know what I said, but nonetheless, so I messed up within the first 30 seconds. So always, always a good start for me as always. Um, first and foremost, I ask almost every guest this over the past year, but it's something that has to sort of come up. Football without fans has been a thing for quite a while. How are you finding it at Tibbs? Yeah, I think it's been different. Um, you know, there's been a lot of changes, even just how our match day looks. Is a lot different. Um, we've not really had access to change rooms. Like meeting times have been a bit closer to kick off, so there's been a lot of new things. But yeah, I think um, we've got a good wee fan base that usually come along a lot of our home games, and I think we're missing them. And obviously for us and for me as well, my family and friends like mum and dad come to come to all the games. So I think it's just um, missing them. And you know they've they've managed to watch through streams and stuff that they've set up, which is good. But it's different having them there. Is it handy having the, like for your family and friends, of course, because I know what it can be like, obviously, with where I work myself, um, friends and family, they want to get the games and stuff like that, but we don't have any streams at Middlesbrough, whereas I suppose Hibernian do, and you also have, obviously, BBC Alba as well. Has that been quite a good little go-between in, in the middle for your friends and family to have the games, like, as and when you want it? Yeah, I think um, our first few games of either been on Alba or BBC Sport, I've streamed them online and Hibs have done um, a couple of games are well soon enough. So I think we've been lucky up to now that there's been footage at almost all of our games so far. So yeah, it's been really useful because you know that's all the only way you can watch it just now. So um, yeah, I think we're just lucky that we've got that and the people that usually come and watch can still see it. Yeah, of course, because it still gives a something to speak about I suppose doesn't it but I think we all can't wait for people to get back in but yeah um, staying with this season before we go right way back to sort of your childhood and you growing up and stuff like that I was at the, the game against Celtic obviously which we we spoke about I think it would be fair to say it's been a tough start and I think maybe you would have expected that because you've got all of the full-time teams coming at you straight away one by one but it's been 6-0 win against Motherwell there's been wins in there as well what have you made of sort of the opening few games yeah, I think, as you said, we know that the teams that have faced the last three games, you know, the ones that are full-time, and they'd be our hardest challenge. And um, they've obviously changed over the past season, a lot of developments at both Rangers and Celtic in particular. But, yeah, I think the first three games that you mentioned are good wins for us, and we played really well, and we've built from there. But I think probably just disappointed that we've not took points from any of those last three games because I think we're good enough. You know, we, we know that they're good teams and have strengthened but I think we're definitely good enough to take points and I think looking at the last three games we probably should have um, and I know in particular our performance against Celtic wasn't good enough and the scoreline wasn't good enough but um, you know we know what we've to face now and we've got another round of fixtures against them after the break so we know what to expect and I think we'll be in a lot better place to play them. I think take the, the Celtic game out of the equation completely um, obviously, Glasgow City and, and Rangers have gone completely full-time. I believe yourself, Hibernian, are part-time at the moment. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, I thought so. And you've only lost by like the, the odd goal in sort of two of those three games. So take the Celtic game out of the equation. For a team that's training half the amount of time, it is it is a positive. Obviously, you want points on the board, but you can take heart from that when you've been so close to a result, can't you? Yeah, definitely. I think those two games... 
coming away from them, we knew, like straight away, we knew, you know, that was especially the Rangers game where we're defensively really good. We probably could have deserved at least a draw with that, especially at the end of that match, probably could have nicked a goal. But yeah, I think it probably has gave us some confidence knowing that, you know, we're maybe people maybe people wrote us off at the start of the season thinking that yeah they're a they're a fourth team position and the first few games against these teams have picked up any points but I think we know after facing them all that we can definitely take points off the next round and as you say the first two games with a goal in it it's you know it could go either way next time. So yeah I think it's it's positive. it's obviously not great the last three results and we can we can take loads of negatives from that but I think you know we've got to we've got to face them again, and you know we it's probably just our mistakes in the end that's, that's gave them the points. So it's things we can fix. Yeah, no, absolutely, hundred percent agree with you on that. Um, you're playing under a new manager in, in Dean. He's came obviously from the under twenty threes. As a young player yourself, are you quite excited to work alongside someone who's worked with sort of young players and, and even younger than yourself throughout his career? Yeah, he's obviously had good experience in the academy, um, and some of the girls obviously moved up from the 23s this year so probably knew him a bit better but you know they always had good things to say about him and they got on with him well at development level and you know younger age groups so yeah I think it's all been positive you know he's really enthusiastic and he just works so hard and he's really determined for us to, to do well and he has a lot of time for us and you know just as his player management him and his assistant Roddy have been really good um, and approachable so I think yeah I've really enjoyed it so far and you know he's 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 willing to work hard for us and that, you know, as a player, it makes you, you want to do well for him as well. Yeah, onwards and upwards, I think, isn't it? And across the whole board. Um, so going away from current stuff then, going all the way back to, I think, March the 7th was your birthday, is that right? Born March yeah, the 7th? Yeah, March, yeah. You can tell so that I've checked Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are your sort of earliest memories then of, of falling in love with football and, and kicking a ball, essentially? Um, I think it probably first came from my dad and my brother, uh, just in the garden and stuff. That's probably where it began. And then played a wee bit occasionally with the boys in primary when I was maybe about six or seven. Um, and then that led me on to going to, it was like a Saturday morning kind of football training. It wasn't really a club. It was just like kind of ran by guys at the SFA. So I went along to that and then that led on to my first boys club and I think it was just a lot of the boys from my primary went to that and I just felt like I wanted to be a part of that. So I went along, enjoyed it and then joined the, the boys club from there. And yeah, just loved it. I think mom and dad thought it was just <laughs> going to be a phase at the start. But, um, you know, they've been really committed to it as well through the years. So, yeah, that's where it began, really. It's funny, I speak about, um, you know, to a few um, female footballers and Age-wise, even sort of from your age, from 20 all the way up to like people in their 30s, they always talk about joining a boys club. Um, now, obviously, I see more of girls clubs sort of growing up and stuff like that. Now, the landscape's sort of changing. Did the landscape start changing for you at any point where you went from sort of playing with boys teams or playing alongside the boys that you had to play with the girls? Was there a specific time when they had to change? And did that feel different? Or would you have preferred to play from, played with girls of your age all the way through? Um, yeah, I think when I when I was growing up, there was only one there was one girls team that's set up just after I joined the boys club, but it was a wee bit more like kind of casual, and I think I, I enjoyed being, you know, having played with them boys and got used to like being around them. I was I think I'd also been told by other people that you know that will help develop you better as well. So yeah, there was maybe only one other girls team 
Um, and then as I grew up, probably just growing like more and more. I know Morton Community have got quite a big girls programme now. But yeah, it was only one girls club when I was growing up. But I think it got to the age of, I think it was 13 or 14. I, think it's, I don't know if it's changed now, but you have to then go play girls. Uh, they had a rule and I don't know if it's different now, but um, I think I was just 12 turning 13 when I first started training with Rangers. But even that for me was strange. Like I'd never played or trained with girls and it was kind of the opposite for me. Like I thought it was strange training with girls instead of training with boys. Um, but yeah, I think I, I knew that I would have to eventually move into that because um, I, as you get older, you kind of start falling away and can't compete physically uh, with, a, with a men's game. So, yeah, I think it was 12, 13, that's when I, I started getting into it as a girls football and then moved into it kind of full time after that. Do you know how, obviously, you're still only 20, so it wasn't that long ago that, that you were like yeah. at that level, really. Um, but even though you're, you're still quite young and you're sort of just sort of starting your, your career, can you see the difference sort of from when you were young, sort of 13, 14, to what 13, 14 year olds go through now? Can you see that progression going like super duper fast and quicker than it ever has before? Yeah, I think um, I felt like it, maybe girls now growing up, I think there's probably more chance that they would start at a girls team just because of there being pathways now and, you know, hips have got ones, I think it's right down to under 11s, maybe under 9, so that's like young girls starting off there, but um, or even younger so I think probably the biggest difference would be ones maybe joining in with girls academies earlier um, and maybe not even being at a boys club at all yeah. but I know when I was younger I was always encouraged to stay in with the boys as much as possible because obviously a lot of the older players now would have played with boys probably even longer than me it's probably just gradually got less as we've um, as we went through but um, yeah I was always encouraged to stay in it for the physical side and just the intensity and things but yeah I would say that's probably the biggest difference and probably just opportunities because um, I think if you weren't willing to go and join in with the boys when you were younger you probably didn't have the chance um, and probably I think for me as well just lucky in a way that my school and the boys in my class even my high school were always like really supportive like I know there could be some schools maybe my age when I was younger or even older players when they were younger not not allowed to play with the boys and yeah, I think I always was and it's probably I'm probably quite grateful for that because that may not be the case for everyone. Yeah, no, very true. Absolutely, hundred percent. I think one of the the big positives now is obviously when I see say the under sixteens that that play with ourselves, they've got positive role models in team um, that in in the Middlesbrough team as it is, and also in the the national team. You know, you can look at like a young a young Scottish girl now, like 10, 12 year old, could look at say Erin Cuthbert. You know, Rachel Boyle, for example, is there is female people you can look at there and, and, and role models. But when you were growing up, did you have role models as well? Was the sort of a female role model then, or did you sort of more look towards the men at that point because of the media side of things? Yeah, I think the media was probably the biggest played the biggest part in it. Um, because you didn't like when I was quite young, I didn't know many women's footballers, and as I grown, I, I heard names and um, I think the first was, you know, Julie Fleet and Kim Little were probably the first two I was aware of and then started to get to know that there was the national team and there was a whole youth national. Like, I wasn't really uh, aware of that at the start, but, yeah, it was a, it was probably more male role models. And I always remember even when I was quite young, um, some of the boys in my my team went on a trial for, like, Kamarnock Pro Youth. Um, 
and obviously the coach had said if there was like a kind of girls academy there and I don't know if they had one at the time and it wasn't set up and obviously they wouldn't take me into a boys pro youth team or anything like that so they were um I, th- I just remember when I got told that I was almost like oh I forgot I was going to be playing with girls and I was older like I just pictured myself playing with boys like my whole life as crazy as it sounds like I just forgot that that was going to be next like as I got older but yeah I would say it's just me it's just the media and seeing it like you just never really seen it as much and I think now you you see it everywhere you know bolsters a ID like you've you've got um visuals of it so I think that's probably the biggest thing now is, is you see it more yeah absolutely yeah you're, you're absolutely right you can see on um on Argyle Street there's the big sort of photo of Erin alongside Charlie Mulgrew yeah. and stuff like that and, and sometimes you look more towards I suppose Erin these days especially if you're sort of a young girl coming through you look towards them um when it comes to the heroes that you had then, which who were the players that you looked up to growing up? Who were the like specific ones that you kind of wanted to emulate, you know, the person you wanted to be in the playground? I think my fa- my favourite was just always Messi and Ronaldinho. They were the two, but probably just for entertainment factor, I just enjoy watching them. Um, so that was the two. There wasn't really, when I was younger, like, didn't really play specific positions. So it wasn't so much looking at someone to copying that way when I was yeah. um, younger so it was probably just them two just ones that you enjoyed watching really. Did you find that like you originally got into football um, not because you were passionate about it just because you did enjoy it and it was something that like kind of you got to see your friends you got to play alongside your friends and stuff like that and, and the passion came afterwards was it enjoyment first and foremost then? Yeah I think it was just joy- uh, joining in and finding out that I liked to do it and I, pl- I ended up playing you know every break every lunch with the boys and I think I just enjoyed, you know, I liked sports and other sports in general in primary, so I was probably just competitive as well. Um, yeah. And then I just grew to like it, and as obviously I played more and I got used to it, like I could, you know, I wasn't training and playing with them boys the same age. Like I, I felt like as good as them, so that probably pushed me on more because I'm thinking, well, I can play as good as the boys my age at seven, eight, nine, so I can, I can keep going with it. And I think it was, yeah, it was just enjoyment to start with. And then as you get more as you kind of move up the levels, it does get more serious. So it's more about reaching that point. I think at maybe 15, 16, 17, you realise you're going to maybe go through an academy and do you want to break in a first team? Like, do you want to make it something that you're you're doing full time? Um, and I think that kind of just came naturally as I've just always enjoyed it. Yeah. Talking about signing for academies and sort of getting to the serious side of things, I suppose. I think you signed for Rangers in 2013. Yeah. Yeah, that's right, yeah. How did that come about, joining sort of Rangers then? Um, it was, we were playing a game with my boys club and I, against, I don't know the team now, it was a pitch in Glasgow and Rangers had just kind of set up a, an under-15s girls team on the pitch, like, I think it was the next pitch across or like at that area. So the coach, one of the coaches was just, um, looking around and obviously I, I'm kind of standing out because I've got a ponytail on my boys team so he probably noticed I've, um, I was there and he spoke to my dad and mentioned that they'd been starting up a team and stuff and I think they just got in contact and when I started trialling for the, it was under 13s, um, that was it just setting up like it, it it wasn't there before, they'd only had under, under 15s so the coach was setting up a younger team so when I went along it was like all new players coming into trial Um so that yeah, that's how it started. And I think because I was quite young and I stayed in 
obviously stayed in Gourock, the trials were at Murray Park, so obviously growing up that was great to go there and experience that, but it was quite a fair bit from my house. And I think at that stage, obviously just playing my boys club and it was quite a big commitment from mum and dad because I remember the trials were actually a Saturday night <laughs> um, in Mogai, so it was a bit, you know, it was a bit much and they were probably thinking, well, just do we really want to to do this? I don't know if it was for six weeks or something. I missed a couple and I don't know if they just thought, well, you know, that's going to be quite a big commitment if he wants me to sign, but the coach yeah. that was there was really good. At, well, I think it played a big part in it because he was on the phone a lot to mum and dad just saying like, no, just take along to this game or take along, just come along and see. And I think they were just a wee bit apprehensive of can we actually do the travelling and the commitment? And he was really pushing for me to, to keep coming. And I think he played a big part of me staying there long term, to be honest. So I don't know if he was... If he was that pushy, if I would have actually stayed and in, signed, to be honest. I was going to say, with Rangers, obviously, it's this year they've gone full-time and that's good. And we're talking a few years ago now, but when you were at Rangers, what was their approach like to sort of women's football and, and you yourself? Was that quite important in your progression then? Yeah, I think, as I said, when I joined, it was the team was just starting up. So I think even the difference between when I was that age to go through the age groups it just you just seen it grew every year and there was more and more girls joining and they grew in under 11 so they were starting younger and stuff um and as I said I was training in it uh, up at Murray Park that it was called at the time but up there a few nights a week and stuff so even just being in there um kind of almost made you feel like you're more part of the club but yeah so the last years away they've grew it to become professionals probably I always enjoyed it there and enjoyed the coaches and um, yeah, just the atmosphere of especially being able to be at the training centre and feel like feel like a pro, feel like a footballer really. Yeah, yeah. When it's all part of the same thing, it feels yeah. like you're like a Rangers player, doesn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think there's a few a few situations like that when all the teams are together, the under 18s, the under 19s, the girls team, the girls under 15 teams, and all the first team all in the same place does make you feel. Like you're part of one family, which is kind of yeah. how it should be, in my opinion. But um, some people may disagree, but, but I certainly think that's a, the way to go about it. Um, one big thing about your time at Rangers, obviously, like I said before, you, you're still only 20 and you left Rangers over a year ago now, but you won Player of the, player of the Year when you were there. Um, how proud of a moment was that for you, winning that accolade at such a young age? Yeah, it was great. It was. Um, I think that was my first kind of full season with the first team I was up probably half a season or in bits before that, but that was probably the season I like properly settled um, and played consistently. And yeah, I think that was maybe when I was about 18, I think it was. But no, that was great. And obviously the the next year going to the the awards with them, the men's team were there as well. That was, that probably just felt like you were more part of the club again. And, you know, being there alongside Gerard and all the, the men's team players and getting my award that was a big moment for me and mom and mom and dad were obviously there as well so yeah it was great and it's a great memory for me for yeah me, uh. and there's a there's a video online of all that as well isn't it when they presented everyone together and everything like that was like a whole one big thing i, I, I watched that yeah. video but then obviously you, you left not too long after that and you joined hibernian about 2019 july-ish i think mid mid 2019 so what was it that made you decide to join Hibernian? Yeah, I think it came to the point where Rangers is, uh, I'd always enjoyed it and I still was at the time, but 
Um, I was about playing the Euros with Scotland in 19s that summer and um, I think, I don't know if it just felt that was the right time to to move on. And I think just the position Rangers were in at that time, they were probably just not quite competing with Glasgow City and Hibs, even though they were strengthening. But I think I knew my, myself I probably had to move to more or less one of them teams to to keep progressing. So I think it took a, a while on deciding what I wanted to do. But I think Hibs, for me, was just you know a young team successful, a lot of players moving on from, from their academy and going to play elsewhere or down south. That was the biggest selling point for me was the progression of young players and giving young players a chance to just play with freedom and, and enjoy their football. And obviously I knew players like Jamie Lee and stuff that had moved Celtic to Hibs and obviously spoke highly of it. So that was probably the biggest thing for me is just um, how, how well young players have got on there. Yeah, no, absolutely. And there is a, a production line there, isn't there? So I can absolutely understand why you, you made the move. And obviously it's it's worked because this year touched on there. You you were part of obviously the European Championships. So you, you captained the side at the European Championships, right? Yeah. So with your captaining the side at an under-19s level, this might be a bit of a stupid question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, do you have ambitions to captain the national side in the years to come? Is that kind of the, the ambition? Yeah, I mean, I think that would be probably the ultimate goal um, obviously I've been captain in the youth teams and if I managed to do that one day then obviously that'd be great but I know that's something in the long run and in the future but um, yeah obviously that would be great if that was to happen How much have you enjoyed being captain of like the under 19 team because it gives you because obviously even at that age is young but when you're a captain you have to be like the mature young person if that makes sense Yeah. Um, how much do you enjoy being sort of a captain then? No, I loved it. Um, I, I had opportunities as well when I was a bit younger and it was probably different then because you maybe don't have as much a different role to anyone else, but probably see a wee bit more of the 19s to do a wee bit more and help out a bit more behind the scenes. But um, no, I think it done it, it done a lot for me personally and I think looking back, I probably realise it more now. Like, um, I think coming through the age groups, I was pretty quiet but just kind of got my head down gone with what I needed to do and I'm probably still like that now but I think it's probably brought me brought me out more confident um because it's kind of gave me a kind of gave me more of a leadership role and I think of that I've, I've kind of I don't know like kept that with me if that makes sense like um just kind of leading by example and even just on the pitch and I think that was something that got uh, that I was told when I first kind of got the armband, it, you know, she, the coach said to me that, you know, we probably know that you're not the loudest person in the team, but, you know, for her, the important part was just leading by example on and off the pitch. And I think that's just something that's, I've stuck with me really. And that's probably the biggest lesson I've got from it. How much did you enjoy the European Championships sort of anyway? Like how much did you enjoy the whole experience? Yeah, the finals last summer was amazing. Just um, even just the media attention, Leading up to, I remember there's a lot going on with trophy tours around schools and stuff, trying to get as many people there. And we had good crowds as well. So, um, yeah, it was great. It was probably one of the biggest occasions that I've played in. And, um, yeah, just great to be a part of and obviously captain the team. And I think that the France game, the opening game is probably the most memorable moment. Um, I think we could have maybe got something from that game, but we played really well and it was a great day, big crowd. And it's probably everything you want from it, really. But, 
yeah, it was a great memory to have. It's probably one of my favourite moments through the years. Do you know when you have moments like that then and stuff, like it's great to kind of have them and store it in your sort of memory bank, but does it make you like 10 times more determined to have more moments like that and make you progress even further as a player? Is that what kind of really builds you as a person and you as a player? Yeah, I think so. I think um, definitely that tournament, just everything that I said, when I, as I said, when I went on around it and just the build up to it and it just felt more professional. You know, I've been to qualifiers and other tournaments with the youth teams, but, you know, that was a finals, like someone was going to win the trophy at the end of the day, you know, previous tournaments, you've, you're there to qualify for that. And to be there, it just felt different. And yeah, as you say, you kind of get a bit of a, you feel a bit down after it's all finished because you just enjoy it so much. But, you know, like after it, you just think, well, you know, there's still chances to have that again if you keep progressing, even in part of the squad and to go on and, and play professionally as well. There's just more opportunities to, to feel like that again because it was obviously a great time. And I just remember that summer being one of my favourite times playing football. So, yeah, I think, as you say, it's just, it just spurs you on to keep going and feel that again, really. Now, talk about big pivotal moments in your career. One of the moments that you did have, which is probably a positive and an immediate kind of disappointment, I think you were actually first named in the, the Scotland sort of full squad, uh, August 2019, I think, with Jamie Lee. Now, I think you had to pull out with the squad like 90 minutes later, didn't you? So yeah. what, was, what was that day like, getting that elation of the call-up and then realising that you actually couldn't go so fast because I think you got injured against Hearts, is that right? Yeah, that's right. I, I got the call on the, the Saturday um, from Shelley, so that was also really unexpected. Um, and I was also just over the moon because it was quite soon after the, after the final. So like you're probably just at that point kind of taking it all in and then just focusing on your club football and probably just didn't expect it to come so soon. Um, but obviously I was delighted with it. Then went into the game against Harps, having known that I would I had been brought in, but it hadn't came out on the media until during the game, I think it was. Yeah, just it was. Start. So it was, yeah, and then in the second half, I, I got a bad tackle and I think I knew right away it was quite bad because it was my ankle and I could feel it swollen already in my sock and... I'd came off and I know Rachel Boyle, Smalley and Joel were going to be in the camp uh, and they obviously had heard that I'd got called up before the game so they were asking right away like is she going to be okay and stuff but I think I knew I knew right away I wasn't I was going to be out for a few weeks because it wasn't it wasn't great but it was just a bit of a whirlwind weekend to be honest having to call everyone and basically say that I wouldn't be fit to go and yeah I was obviously gutted but Shelley was good to you know, checking in on me and making sure I was okay and just reassuring me that, you know, that the opportunity will, will be back again if I keep working hard, so. What's that moment like then when you get called by, like, the manager of your national team? Do you feel like you're in, like, prank? I know, I, sometimes I remember the first call was probably a bit, of, a bit of a blur because my dad had asked after it, oh, what was she actually saying? And I was like, I don't actually know what she said. She just said that I was in and I think I was just like, oh, wow, it's like, it's actually happening. Um... But then I think it's always like, oh, don't know what to say back, like, thanks, or, oh, great, I'm delighted, you know, like. Totally Cheers, not. mate. <laughs> but um, that was great. Like, I think you probably just take it in once the actual call's finished. I'm just a bit shocked at the time. But, yeah, I just remember the first time, obviously, any time it happens, it's great. But that first time, it just was so unexpected. So I was in shock. 
Yeah, no, I can understand absolutely. Uh, there's a few players I've had on who've had Scotland caps and kind of the first moment always feels the most surreal, doesn't it? And you almost have to get yeah. used to the fact that you're going to be wearing this on a more regular basis and things like that. But the first time I can imagine is always quite mental. Um, sort of around that time as well, I could be wrong with the dates here, but I think you got your first Hibernian goal and it was against Motherwell in the Scottish Cup semi, I think it was. Um, yeah. I- I think it was around that time. How big of a moment was that for you? Not just scoring your first goal for Hibs, which was a header, I think, as well, which was unexpected. Yeah. But also being in like a semi-final, at, I know the final was lost, but it got you to the final. It's obviously a big, important goal for a new club. So early doors. How was that moment for you? Yeah, it was really good. Really big moment, as you said. You know, big game. We had to, as much as we're probably expected to win it, we had to get the job done and get to the final again. So, yeah, I was delighted and shocked it was a header, to be honest. Um, but that was only a couple of games back from my injury. So I think that was maybe my first 90 minutes. So that was probably a bit of a part of our relief as well. I was back and that's gave me a wee bit of a, a boost. Um, feel like I'm actually back and contributing, really. But yeah, I think the biggest shock was that it was a header because I don't score many. Because it was, you'd had, I think you'd had this beforehand with, I think it was the mother, actually another Motherwell game, wasn't it? You'd come on for a few minutes beforehand. Yeah, um, a few weeks before, and then it was correct me if I'm wrong, but it was Rachel who set you up as well for the header, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah. it was from a corner. I thought so. I thought so. Um, in terms of like going back to Scotland ever so slightly, well, not ever so slightly, completely going back to you just before lockdown, you made your debut um, against Northern Ireland as it was. So we've talked about the feeling of what the phone call was like, realizing you in the squad and all that kind of stuff. But what's the feeling like of actually putting the shirt on and being on the pitch? Yeah, I remember being, um, well, through the week when we were in Pinatar and in the team meeting, she was saying that she wanted to use the tournament to, you know, rotate the squad um, and did say that everyone would get their chance. So that was obviously in my in my head that as much as you said that everyone would play, like you can't, you wouldn't guarantee it. So I was just almost like being ready. So it came to the last game Um and it was, I think it was maybe like the eighth minute or something and the message just got passed down for me to start warming up. So I think it kind of, that's probably when it got hit me with, with nerves a bit um, and then came back down and it was just quite quick. Um, just pulling my jumper off and being ready to come on. I come on with Jane Ross, I think. So she had just gave me a pat on the back and wished me luck and stuff and Shelley shook my hand and just said to me, enjoy it really because it was just the last five minutes and I think I got a couple of touches. I don't know if I would even get the ball, but um, no, it was just a great feeling. Again, it was probably one of those moments that don't sink in until after the game's finished. Yeah. Um, but no, amazing and just a dream of mine, really, ever since I was young to play for Scotland and get my first cap. Does it help having sort of Joel and, and Rachel in the squad and players that have, you know, highly experienced being there, done that, but they're also your friends because you play with them at club level. Did that help you sort of integrate into the squad or is the whole squad quite welcoming anyway? Yeah, they were all they were all really good to me to be honest, making sure I was okay. But yeah, it was obviously good having when we were in Spain having um having Smalley there just as someone to, to go to if I needed anything and just yeah, just being a, a friend really. But yeah, as I said, they were all really good with me, making sure I was okay and just chatting to me, just make me feel like a part of the team is you know, at the end of the day you don't wanna come up and feel like you're still a 19s player, like you want to come up and feel part of the squad and they definitely helped me feel like that. So yeah, it was really good. Sort of away from the the national squad and, and 
towards Hibs then. I mean, there's, Hibs do have a lot of good young players coming through, but there's a lot of experience there as well. I think, you know, we've talked about Joel, we've talked about Rachel. Rachel's obviously been on this show as well. Um, Potty, my friend Potty's just gone there as well, who's, you know, vastly experienced these days. How much does that help you having so many like experienced players in the squad that have been there, done that? Yeah, I think it helps a lot. And I think in just in our team in, in general, it's it's useful. I think it's probably the most important part because we do have quite a lot of young players. I think especially this year, quite a lot of um, girls that have moved up, as I said, from the development squad. So, you know, they are they play a big part of that and making sure that, you know, everyone's on the right track and we're gelling together as a team. And we've got a good balance of, of younger and older. So I think, you know, that helps us um, on the park and off the park. And I think... In general, our squad, it has a really good bunch and we're really close, so that, that obviously helps. I imagine especially throughout sort of this period, like I like lockdown and it's been difficult for everyone and it's not just caused like physical challenges to actually playing football. There's probably been mental challenges there for everyone as well. I imagine having people like Joelle and, and Rachel, who was absolutely lovely when she was on the show as well, and, and Charlotte, who I know obviously really well. I imagine it's quite handy to have like characters like that in the squad as well, just from a, a mental perspective to be able to, like, I imagine they're quite approachable and, and helpful to have in hand through things like lockdown, not just, to, you know, away from football as well. Yeah, yeah, I think um, that's another role that they play. And I think Joel, when I first came into Hibs, was always there if I needed anything for questions and stuff. She's always been approachable and obviously Potsy being a bit newer, came with a more experienced head and, same with Smalley, you know, they're all they're all really good with the young players and we do have some girls only 16, 17. So, um, yeah, I think having players like that really, really help if we're needing anything and obviously football-wise as well, not just off the park, they'll, they'll help you and help you in the right way and give instruction in the right way and um, they, know, they know how, you know, we each player are individually and, you know, some players maybe be at better for someone just kind of pulling them to the side and explaining something, but some just need shouted at really, and that that will be them. So they know how to how to deal with each individual. So that's important as well. Talking about experience, and we've talked about a few of these players already in the, the Scotland squad. But how much do you think it can help you? Because you've been in and around the squad with Scotland recently. Like I know you haven't played since, but you've been in and around the squad, sort of away with them for a week. How much can you learn from players like you know Aaron Cuthbert, Kim Little? When you're away with them for like a couple of days as a young player, how much can you pick up on them in that sort of few days you're away? Yeah, you do pick up quite a lot. I think um, even just the last cab I was in, it was just over a week, even just having a few training sessions with them and, um, you know, on the park, you just start having to get used to the intensity. They all play sharper than you're probably used to, the way they move the ball and even just things off the park, like their kind of habits and... Um, what they're eating and, and how they're living their lives and stuff. But you, you do pick up a lot of things, even just in a small space of time. But, you know, the biggest, biggest thing for me was just the intensity and their, their, how their technical ability on the ball. And I think that's just clear from them being playing professionally, especially down south, where the league's so competitive and such a good level. Just kind of gives you an insight of that's kind of where you need to be and want to be, really. I think Kim Little's one of like my favourite players probably of all time. Like I love watching her whenever she's on the pitch. But how good is she in training? Like is she like really as good as she looks like she is on the pitch? Is she just fantastic in training or 
Uh, I've not. I've actually not been in a camp with her yet. Um, oh, the last two, yeah, she was injured the last two that I've been in. But even players like uh, Caroline Weir, for example, yeah, she's probably the first that I noticed like with just raw technical ability, like so good on the ball and um, just so tidy and sharp. And um, I think she stood out probably in terms of just ability on the ball. Um, but yeah, she's obviously great to watch even when I was over in Spain and watching the first game. I was in the stand with some of the girls and she just stood out. Um, just, yeah, as I say, just on the ball and just knowing what to do next and both feet, it just, yeah, just a joy to watch, to be honest, and someone that yeah. I obviously want to suggest to be like. Yeah, absolutely. So I suppose final question, you've, you've put me fantastically onto the, the final question there with the way you responded there, but what, what is the future for Amy Muir? What, what do you hope the future is going to be and what are your aims? Um, I think it's probably just to keep progressing at hips and, you know, in the future I'd want to play full-time, uh, be full-time pro. I'm at uni just now, so... I've got a couple of years left of that, so I kind of want to to get that finished and secure, to be honest. But yeah, I think the long term goal is just to play professionally and, and play more for Scotland. That's uh, my ideal situation, and obviously the the leagues, the league down south in England at the moment, is a, a really good level, and it's probably one of the best in the world. So that's probably my my goal is to go and play there. Perfect, Amy. Thanks very much. Hope you've uh, enjoyed it as much as I have. Thank you. Yeah, it's been really good. Thanks. You're welcome.